thank you for tuning in to Kingdom Within Empowerment. It's your girl, Shatasia. Thank you for tuning in to episode number two. Today's episode is going to be focusing on mental health, dealing with depression. Depression has been such a taboo, especially in the African-American community. So this is the reason why I really want to discuss this. And we hear so much about depression coming from the professionals. Um, But I also wanted to discuss depression coming from myself. I also had dealt with depression. I was clinically diagnosed with bipolar depression my senior year in college. So God has placed this on my heart. You know, by the grace of God, I am no longer um, diagnosed with depression, specifically bipolar depression. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory be to God. Um, He is so worthy of all the glory and praise because your girl was struggling. I mean, struggling. So um, I really want to help those who may find themselves in depression and just don't know what to do. When your mind plays tricks on you, the enemy feeds off that. And I want to rebuke anything the enemy has fed to you, the lies, the deceits, anything that he has spoken upon your life that you believe. We rebuke that in the name of Jesus today and we proclaim victory because God has already um, defeated the enemy. So uh, I want to actually just ask three questions so we can, um, or you actually can, you know, decipher, are you depressed or are you just, you know, a little sad, you know, and there is a difference. There is definitely a difference. So this is what this episode is actually going to help you um, discern if you are depressed or maybe you um, just need a little bit of joy in your life to take you out of the sadness. Um, So three questions that came to me. Um, just to um, evaluate your situation and how you feel to, to notice um, to see if you are depressed the first question would be what is causing you to feel depressed um, you really have to evaluate your life and um, situations that has occurred um, that may have caused you to be depressed um, are you overwhelmed with life um, God does not give us more than we can bear. So everything that is in um, your life right now, are you taking on more than you can handle? Are you trying to manage stuff that God didn't give you in the first place to manage? That's causing you to feel overwhelmed. The third question would be, have you experienced multiple failures or disappointments? I know for me, that was my trigger. So um, just to give everyone a better understanding of depression, um, those who probably already know what depression is, if you have experienced it yourself or know a loved one or a friend who has gone through depression. So depression is a widespread condition affecting millions of people, Christians and non-Christians. Those suffering from depression can experience intense feelings of sadness, anger, hopelessness, fatigue, and a variety of other symptoms. They may begin to feel useless and even suicidal, losing interest in things and people that they once enjoyed. Depression is often triggered by life circumstances such as a loss of a job, death of a loved one, divorce, and psychological problems such as abuse or low self-esteem. There are some things um, that those who suffer from depression can do to alleviate their anxiety. 
they should make sure that they are staying in the word of God. No matter how you feel, even if you don't feel like it, stay in your word. Emotions can lead us astray, but God's word stands firm and is unchanging. We must maintain a strong faith in God and hold even more tightly to him when we are undergoing trials and tribulations. The Bible tells us that God will never allow temptations into our lives that are too much for us to handle. And that is found in 1 Corinthians 10, 13. Although depression is not a sin, However, one is still accountable for the response to the affliction, including getting professional help that is needed. Um, so this is basically, you know, what we like to say, faith without works is dead. You know, you can have faith in God and saying, oh yeah, you know, he's going to take me out of this, but what are you doing to seek that? You know, if you haven't seeked professional help, first you have to be clinically diagnosed. Don't do no self-diagnosis. Please go see a doctor. Make sure that you are seeing a psychiatrist so they can um, diagnose you correctly. And if you don't agree, it doesn't hurt to get another opinion somewhere else. Once you have received your diagnosis, if they prescribe you medication, be honest with them. Let them know how the medication is making you feel. Do you feel like yourself? Do you feel suicidal? You have to be open. Do not be afraid because the enemy wants you to fear your health. And that's not what God wants. He wants you to have faith that, yes, they may have given you this medication for the moment, but doesn't mean you're always going to be on it. So you have to walk in your faith and truly work in your faith as well. Um, so, you know, as I mentioned earlier, um, I have dealt with depression. I was clinically diagnosed Um, so trust me, I have been in your shoes and depression was a hard battle for me too. Um, you know, once I was diagnosed with bipolar, um, and just to give you guys a little understanding of bipolar depression, it's also called manic depression. It's a serious mental illness characterized by several um, mood fluctuations. Um, these fluctuations can go as far as simply being happy or sad, the manic um, symptoms can include feelings of extreme um, sadness, um, risk-taking, racing thoughts, for, um, forced speech, and increased energy. Um, the depressive um, symptoms can include feelings of extreme sadness, um, hopelessness, fatigue, and even a lot in my appetite. Um, the ability to concentrate, suicidal thoughts, you know, several types of disorder usually defined in the um, intensity of these symptoms. As I mentioned to you all earlier, what triggered me to be depressed was my failures and disappointments. Also, my childhood trauma, um, the abuse, excuse me, the abuse I had um, gone through. I was abused emotionally, I was abused um, physically, and I was also abused sexually um, to the point where I had low self-esteem, you know, and I didn't know who I was in Christ. I got saved at the age of 12, but <laughs> what I
really know who you are at the age of 12. I mean, it's like the beginning of our teenage years. Um, so, like, I was very vulnerable. And prior to me being saved at the age of 12, um, I was dealing with a lot of physical abuse from my mother. Um, so I was very insecure um, at a young age and didn't feel loved or didn't know the feeling of being loved really um, when it came to feeling that to their loving care from your mother and my father too. Um, so, you know, I dealt with that um, for years um, and, you know, still had to go through the process of the healing which took years and you know, just my own coping mechanisms that didn't really help at all. They kind of, you know, hurt more than they helped. Um, so, which caused me to go into college my senior year and everything that I went through kind of bubbled up. And, you know, one thing after another and the next thing you know, as we all know, the more we, you know, hold in and not release some of that tension, we really just explode and my explosion was um, the reason why I got um, caught up in this depression. I didn't want to go out, I didn't want to do anything, I barely wanted to eat, I smoked weed so much, I mean I was like smoking y'all, like I think I bought an eighth of weed probably like every three, four days, like it was really bad and um, you know, my sex drive was going up. So it was like a lot of things that everyone's different. But for me, like that was, you know, my, that was my coping mechanism that I thought would help me um, find peace. You know, when I would smoke, I would feel like I would find peace. Or when I would have sex with a man, you know, I would feel like, oh, I'm getting the love. You know, like it would try to replace what I was missing. And as we know, only Jesus can replace anything that we are lacking, um, feel, excuse me, anything that we are lacking and, you know, replace anything that we are, you know, we're missing. So just to, um, you know, go into the steps of that, you know, by the thank you, glory be to God that I am delivered from that. I have been free from depression, um, as far as my bipolar diagnosis for over eight years. So glory be to God. So I'm coming on here with a praise report and also to encourage those who are in that dark season. Um, so I just wanted to share just a few things that helped me be delivered and to help me deal with my depression. Um, and some people think, oh, okay, you're going to pray. God's going to deliver you. No, it, it doesn't work that way. It's not instantaneous unless he wants to make it instantaneously. Um, but the first thing that I did um, that helped me was I cried out for help. And in my distress, I called upon the Lord to my God. I cried for help from his temple. He heard my voice my cry he reached it reached his ears and you know that scripture is actually um, found in Psalms 18 6 and that's exactly what I did um, I remember one day I was just like you know what Lord 
I can't, I don't want to be on this medication. I don't want to go to the therapist. I don't want to feel this way. I want to be happy. You know, I want to be myself again. You know, and I'm like, well, Lord, if it's in your will, God, then I will continue to remain on the medications. I will continue to go to the therapy appointments. I will continue to do all the recommendations that they are telling me to do if it's in your will. God, so be it. And if it's not in your will, God, please deliver me from this. And, you know, that was my cry for help. I'm like, God, I know I can't do this. The weed's not helping. The sex is not helping. The doctors aren't definitely helping. Um, In my point, it kind of like made me feel like there was no hope. Every time I went to those appointments, the medication wasn't helping because my medication would be switched. The um, percentage, you know, of the medication, the milligrams, and like all that stuff would be altered so many times. And I didn't feel like it was helping, you know. So I'm like, Lord, I need your help, you know. And since I've already had that relationship with God and I'm reaching out to him for help, it was nothing for him to help me. You know, we are his children. We are his chosen one. He has, you know, thought of us before the world began. We was in his God's mind. He imaged us in his glorious mind. So of course he's going to answer his children. He is our heavenly father. Why wouldn't he not answer his children? He loves us. He wants us to seek him for help. Just like a parent. A parent can't always hold your hand. You have to go to your parents and say, you know what, mom? You know what, dad? I need help. And they're willing to help you. You know, even when my son comes to me, he's like, I can't do this. Mom, can you help me? Of course I'm going to help you. You have to ask for it, you know? So same thing applies to God. You have to seek him. You have to ask for help. Um, And the second thing that actually helped me deal with my depression and be on the, um, the path to be delivered was a transformation of my mind. And for those who know me, my one of my favorite scriptures is Romans 12 2. But I'm actually going to read Romans 12 1 and 2 because they both tie in together. And you guys will see what I'm talking about. So the verse reads, verses read, excuse me, present your bodies as a living sacrifice and holy and acceptable to God, which your spiritual, which is, excuse me, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing, you may discern what is the will of God and what is good, acceptable and perfect. So let's break this scripture down real quick and I'm going to apply what I did and um, tie it into this word and um, presenting your body as a living sacrifice. So when I cried in my cry of help, um, I asked God, Lord, you know, like I surrender myself to you, God, let your will be done. In that form, that was me submitting, you know, submitting myself to God as a living sacrifice, a living sacrifice. When we think of depression, it's always suicidal. You can't submit God. You can't submit yourself as a living sacrifice if you want to kill yourself. It says a living. You have to be alive. You have to feel that your life is very valuable to God. He wants you to live. His son already died for us. So therefore you are the living sacrifice. Present yourself to God as a living sacrifice. That way he can see it as holy and acceptable to himself, which is a spiritual worship. You presenting yourself as a living sacrifice. God accepts that. It's holy and he accepts it. And that is your form of your spiritual worship. You don't have to be on your knees. You don't have to make some dramatic um, 
I don't know, expression um, to just do what the word says, you know, just presenting yourself. Um, And then the part two of that would be do not conform to this world. Meaning just because the doctors is telling you you're going to be on this medication for the rest of your life does not mean you're going to be on that that medication for the rest of your life. The doctors told me I wouldn't be able to function a normal life unless I was relying on this medication. I just told you guys I've been delivered this for eight years. I live a most normal life. My life is probably more normal than people who have never been diagnosed with bipolar depression. God can do more than you can ask or imagine. So therefore, we should not, even though the doctors are there to help us, but they don't have the final verdict. God has the final verdict. So you don't want to, you know, be consumed. And that was my problem. I was thinking like, oh my God, I'm always going to be on this medication. And the doctor's telling you the negative results because that's what they're used to. It's very rare that a doctor will tell you positive results if the statistics and the and the um their um records or whatever they're doing so that they're you know it's not showing positive things. So they're going to give you the negative results if they're not seeing positive, you know, results as far as you know, I mean, you know what I mean, like negative results to positive outcomes, you know. So like you can't just, you know, conform to what they're saying, but you also have to take it um, basically like a, with a grain of salt. You know, you don't want to be ignorant to them. You still want to be in some type of coherence with what they're saying so you can still do what they're doing or what the recommendations are. Um, but you also want to continue to seek God in the midst of that. And once you do that, you are transforming your mind so God is renewing it so everything that you thought you know God is like no I have to I have to renew everything I have to transform your way of thinking you're thinking everything is purple and God's like everything is gold you know so he has to you know really transform everything and so you know even if the doctor says this you know God said that And he can test you because you have that spirit of discernment to know the wisdom of God and know what God has planned and what God is showing you in the midst of this. So you know, okay, even though I'm going through this dark, you know, um, time in my life, God can still bring good out of it. He's still going to accept me and it's going to be a perfect plan. So, you know, that was the transformation of my mind you know basically just not really being so consumed with what the doctor says once I realize you know what God I don't care what the doctor says yes God I'm still going to be discerning enough to you know test you and walk out on faith and say hey God if you want this to happen in my life so be it I surrender myself to you my living I'm a living sacrifice you know and you know that was that <laughs> um so let's go into the I would say the second step you know basically after I cried out for help I did the transformation of my mind now we're going to go into hope and I know hope is like the hardest thing to find it's like a needle in a haystack when you are in a depressive state um and when you're in that depressive mind state you're the last thing you're thinking is hope like you don't want to be hopeful like everything is falling apart I mean you got so much on your plate you got felt relationships business failed um you know disappointments left and right you know everything is just going on you lost your job you lost your your loved one you lost 
you know, this, that, and a third. I mean, how can you be hopeful when you're taking so many laws? So, you know, we have to, even in the midst of that, we still have to find our, we have to rejoice in hope. We have to be patient in our um, tribulations. And always, 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 this is so important. You have to be constantly in prayer. As Romans 12, 12 says, be constant in prayer. Continue to pray. Find joy in whatever your situation is. Even though if it's like, you know what, even it could be the simplest little thing. It don't got to be something extravagant. Like it could be, you know what, God, I woke up this morning. I'm happy. You may not, you don't have to walk around with a smile on your face, you know, happy, happy, joy, joy, but you do have to have joy that, you know what, even though I'm going through this, God, I'm still hopeful. You know, I can still rejoice in my hope that God, I know that you're going to bring me out of this. Like I have joy that you will, you know, make this this too shall pass um so the next thing i would say after we cry out for help we transform our mind we find our hope you also have to allow the healing of your heart because things um hit us so deeply when it comes to depression we kind of become cold-hearted you know i know i did I was like, man, screw everything. I dropped out of college my senior year. I ain't care about nobody's feelings. I'm like, screw everybody. Y'all all can get it. I don't care about nobody. You know, like, my heart was cold. I had a, a hardened heart, I guess, you know, we would say, you know, as God put it, a hardened heart, you know. And once I really understood, you know, I got to change my heart. I can't continue to be walking around here just cold-hearted treating people any type of way because my world is upside down I had disappointments and failures in my life so once you know I was able to understand that I had to get a heart check I asked God to search me you know search me and that's actually going to be found in Psalms 139 23 search me God and know my heart Test me and know my anxious thoughts. The word says we shall not be anxious for nothing. And when we have anxious thoughts, we can't see what God is doing or what God plans to do because you're so anxious about the next thing that God is like... So that he can direct our paths and you know we we really have to um allow God into our heart and for me it had to take me to realize that I was so scarred from what my mother did I didn't forgive her like I thought I did I kind of like put her on the back burner I didn't forgive my dad for leaving me and not rescuing me, not protecting me while she was abusing me. You know, I had to truly allow God into those deep, dark places for him to heal me so I could love again, even though I was so hurt. 
God can still heal you in the midst of your hurt, you know, and if I didn't do that, I couldn't live my best life. While like the remix and say live my blessed life. So, you know, I really wanted to just, you know, explain that and um, so you can understand that your heart needs checked and depression is a part of how you feel because if your heart is still wounded, you're going to feel that anger. You're going to feel that sadness. And for me, I was really angry. I was really angry. Um, The doctor said, why are you so angry? What are you so angry about? I was really angry at what my parents did and did not do. And I had to heal from that. It, It took, you know, almost two years for me to really just let it go and let God. But I was really angry. I was livid, guys. I was livid. And we have to let it go, even if we are not fully healed, but we still have to let it go and just allow God to just come in there and work it out. Um, The next thing I wanted to mention is feeling guilty. Man, when I dropped out of college, I felt so guilty. Like the enemy would feed me all these guilty thoughts and lies. And I'm like, dang, right. Dang, you right. You know what I mean? And I'm just like, what? Like, I feel so guilty now. Like, I'm seeing everyone graduate. And, and I'm like, wow. Like, I really feel guilty. Like, I should have just stayed in college. And we don't want to feel guilty. God does not want us to feel guilty. And that would actually bring me to John, first John chapter 320 I'm going to read this out of the um, New Living Translation and it reads even if we feel guilty God is greater than our feelings and he knows everything God understands what disappoints us he understands our failures he understands how we feel but we shall not soak in our guilt the enemy feeds off our guilt and shame and you know I felt guilty for so many things that I did in, in school. And I felt the shame because I dropped out of, the, out of school. Um, and I was a college dropout. That was shameful, you know. And I kind of felt guilty because I didn't read my word or pray or do everything that, you know, I'm doing to continue to build my relationship and strengthen my relationship with God. And that guilt got to me. And I also want to read 2 Corinthians 7.10 and it says, when God makes you feel sorry enough to turn to him and be saved, you don't have anything to feel bad about. But when the world makes you feel sorry, it causes your death. And with depression, God understands you're sad, you're angry, you are disappointed, you, whatever it is that's causing you to be depressed. God understands that. His son dealt with that. I'm sure Jesus dealt with, you know, some depression. He had to. He was wrapped in the same flesh. He had to fight the same battles. He had to fight the same demons and urges and everything that we had to go through. Maybe not on the level that we're doing it now because the world has changed since then. But he definitely had a form of depression. You know, 
maybe not as severe as mine's was, but I'm sure he understands, you know? Um, and I can probably, you know, the Holy Spirit just dropped this into my spirit saying he felt depressed when he was on that cross. And the only time we would consider him sin is when he, you know, said, you know, Lord, you've forsaken me. You know, when he felt God just left him before he gave up his life, you know, that would be in a form of a depression because he felt God failed him. You know, he was wrapped in flesh. He understood. God, you failed me. You know, I thought you said it wasn't going to be like this. You know, in that moment, I'm sure he felt depressed and experienced depression up until even probably way before the cross, you know? So Jesus has been in that situation. So he understands firsthand what it feels like. Um, so, you know, the world will make you feel sorry. The world will make you feel sorry for your, you dropping out of college, but it's still me underneath the bus. <laughs> sorry, mom, but really just use him as an example. You know, like the world will make you feel sorry. Oh, you're a college dropout. You're a college dropout. You know, like I wanted to ride around just listen to Kanye West's college dropout album because, you know, that's just something the world says. Oh, you're a college dropout. You know, I mean, they kind of like downplay it. You know what I mean? Like, oh, you dropped out of college. Like, I mean, who really wants to be labeled as a dropout? In college you know and then if you continue to believe that you can end up taking your own life you can die you know spiritually not even if you die in the natural you can still die spiritually so you know I mean you definitely have to understand God loves you enough and God when God allows things in your life you know, he will make you feel sorry enough so that way he knows, you know what, if I put disappointment and failures in their life, they will feel sorry for whatever they have done and turn towards me like I did. I felt sorry because I wasn't praying, I wasn't fasting, I wasn't doing anything to further my relationship or strengthen my relationship with God while I was in school. I was completely focused on myself. I was my own idol, not God. I was my own idol, you know, and I had my own selfish and selfish ambitions in college and you know God had to make me you know turn around towards him like you know what and I felt sorry I'm like God dang I did you so dirty like you know he was watching me do all these things and just you know disrespecting you disobedient being very disobedient to you and to your Holy Spirit and to Jesus who you know, sacrifice in life for me. You know, I felt so sorry knowing my my foundation where I was rooted at, and I just continued to just like walk all over it and not even appreciate it. So, you know, just to bring our bring us back up and uplift us. You know, healing. God is a healer. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all His breath, who forgives all your iniquities who heals all your diseases that is psalms 105 excuse me psalms 103 verse 3 psalms 103 verse 3 bless the lord oh my soul and all his breath who forgives all your iniquity and 
heals all your diseases. That right there, I just should drop the mic and just and just end the podcast. God has the final verdict. Not the world, not the medication, not the therapist. No one. God does. Bless him for him healing your body, taking you out of that depression state, you know, healing your mind, renewing your mind, um, you know, giving you joy in the midst of your 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 sadness, your trials, your tribulations, crying out to God, you're blessing him, you know, you're sacrificing your own body to him and he forgives all your sins. Even though depression is not a sin, what we are accountable is for the things that we do while we find ourselves in a depressive state. Like for me, having sex outside of marriage, sin. Smoking weed and getting high and getting drunk, sin. You know, taking, you know, God for advantage and just not, you know, basically, I would say, you know, a form of blasphemy in a sense, because I didn't give God praise. I gave it to myself, sin. You know, like he forgave me for all that. He didn't hold it against me. And you know what? And when I when he forgave me for all my iniquities, then he held me. So, you know, whatever you are going through, it doesn't matter how depressed you are, what you did in your depression, you know, God can still heal you. Cry out for him. Pray to him. Let him transform your mind. Let him um, give you that hope in the sense of your trial and tribulation and constantly bring be in prayer. Ask him to search your heart so you may um, know, so he may know your heart and you, and he can test your anxious thoughts and, you know, heal your heart from any pain that you have. Do not feel guilty because God knows how you are feeling. He knows everything about you. Don't allow the enemy to feed off um, your guilt and shame. We rebuke that in the name of Jesus. He cannot have your mind. He cannot have your heart. And he definitely can't have your soul. And the only spirit that you need to have is your holy, the Holy Spirit of God. Not the spirit of fear. Not the spirit of anxiety. Not the spirit of depression. But the spirit of the Holy Ghost. Um, and also, whatever you are going through, believe that God is the doctor. He is the healer. He can take you... From a zero to a hero. Won't he do it? So you know what guys? I love each and every one of you. I really hope that you know. Just me sharing my own testimony. And just being very transparent. Um, on this podcast. You know this episode specifically. Um, you know will help either you. Or someone that you are you know. So please share. Please rate. Give me five stars. Or whatever stars you want. But I prefer five. <laughs> um, but I love you all. Um, you know, never allow your circumstances to overcome your triumph. God bless. Take care.